Welcome to Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. This episode is brought to you by Set GK Goalkeeper Gloves. Gloves by the pros, for the pros. With five different models to choose from, they guarantee you'll find the feel and fit you're looking for. Use promo code JUSTFORKEEPS at checkout and receive 25% off your order. Set GK. It all starts with your set. And welcome to another episode of Just For Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hockman, and joining me this week is University of Pittsburgh women's soccer goalkeeper coach, Jesse Goldman. How are you, Jesse? Hey, Carter. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So... The first question I always ask on here is, is what made you want to become a goalkeeper to begin with? What drew you into playing the position? That's a good question. You know, I actually, I, th- I started as a field player. So when I was in fourth grade, um, my family actually lived in Chile for, for a year. And that's where, I, that's when I started playing soccer. Um, but, uh, I, you know, fourth and fifth grade, I started as a field player. My brother was actually the goalkeeper. And I think what just ended up happening was kind of, me just, you know, doing doing a lot of the younger brother things and that, that the older brother does. And I kind of just – and I think one of my teams when I was in middle school needed a goalkeeper. And everyone was like, oh, your brother plays goalkeeper. So that obviously means you play goalkeeper. So um, I think that's, you know, that's kind of what made me start at the position. And then once I got to high school, that's when I – that's probably when I just stuck with goalkeeping mainly. Um, and also back to, backed up my brother, my older brother in, in high school as well. So – um, you know, probably just following in his footsteps is really what what made me become a goalkeeper. Growing up in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who were some of your biggest soccer or goalkeeping influences? Were you a big uh, Philadelphia Union fan? You know, it's, it's tough to say. Um, I didn't. I probably really didn't even get into to watching soccer like or even following it until later in high school. So, you know, I didn't really have, I guess, icons. If anything, it'd be Tim Howard just because, you know, the, the U.S. national team back then would have been my only really big source of, of following soccer just because the Riverhounds weren't were kind of on and off. Like they, they folded when I was in high school and then they were just coming along, but they weren't, you know, as, as, as prominent as they are now. So, um, you know, Tim Howard was probably the, the big name that, that I followed. That's so funny that you mentioned that just because I was the exact same way, maybe until junior, maybe even senior year of high school is when I first started legitimately following soccer. And, and even then, you know, before then, I remember my teammates would be talking about the Premier League games that ha- having that weekend or, or, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid games that were, were massive and they're still massive. But I had just no idea how to contribute to the conversation. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and too, in like Western Pennsylvania, especially when I was in growing up in high school, you know, soccer wasn't really that big. So it was just like we were more obviously, you know, the Steelers and Penguins and it was more of a football town and, you know, basketball here and there. So, you know, soccer was kind of just an afterthought and it, it gr- it's grown now. But, um, yeah, when I was growing up, you know, none of my friends really watched soccer either. So it's just like I wasn't really in the environment to where I was, I was following uh, big clubs, you know, throughout through and through throughout the weekend. Yeah, Christian Pulisic, the the Hershey, Pennsylvania native, has definitely changed that narrative. I think. Yeah, no, that's for sure. That's for sure. It's nice to have a a Central Pennsylvania kid, you know, be the be the face of the the national team right now. Did you play a bunch of sports growing up? Yeah, I was I was soccer, basketball, and baseball. Uh, quit baseball kind of early high school, but basketball and soccer were the main ones. And you know, 
I think we 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 talk about this a lot, but man, bas- basketball just helps so much as a goalkeeper. Um, there's just so so many relatable attributes and characteristics characteristics of the game that from basketball that I've learned, and they, it just helped me throw so much through soccer. And it, it was actually funny. I was, um, you know, I was I was at a futsal tournament once, and the and the coach was like. You know, football is actually more closely related to basketball than in soccer. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, that actually kind of makes sense in terms of, like the movements and everything. And then, you know, what, once you told me that and once I tried actually relating basketball to just like organizing the back line and kind of thinking about it from that uh, from that point of view, you know, it made my, it actually made my life easier and helped me understand the game a little bit more. That leads me perfectly into my next <laughs> question, which is, you know, what at what age were you first exposed to goalkeeper specific training and and were you able to incorporate those things, like you just said, from, you know, playing a sport like basketball? Like, I guess another way of asking this would be, were you able to recognize those specific movements from playing basketball and, and baseball even? And it made learning the position a little bit easier. Yeah, you know, I don't think like, I don't think I realized like how much it actually clicked until probably like middle of my college, college career. Um, but it, but it, like once it kind of clicked, it was cool because it's just like, you don't you know, you don't realize like all the things and um little things like my, my dad was actually my baseball coach when I was growing up as well and like he would always like you know when we would play together he would always make me do like these little barehanded like lateral movement drills and you know just thinking back on that I'm like well you know that helps with hand-eye coordination just moving your feet and then um you know then once basketball comes along it's just like a lot of times I was guarding you know one of the the opposing team's best players so it's like okay well now I have to figure figure ways out to you know just stay slide my feet stay in front of them um, you know, direct traffic in front of me as well. So it's just like, you know, that, that whole mess of things just, and just kind of all clicked for me, um, probably middle of my college career. What, how old were you when you first got your first goalkeeper coach? Uh, it probably wasn't until like senior year of high school. Um, again, like, you know, private training and again, just being in West in like Western Pennsylvania where I grew up, it just wasn't really a thing to have a goalkeeper coach. Uh, I actually never played club growing up either, so I wasn't really exposed to, um, you know, I guess advanced coaching. But um, you know, I didn't really—I guess I didn't really play club until senior year. So by the time senior year of high school rolled around, is when I was uh, introduced to a goalkeeper coach, and you know, he was great in my development. Actually, helped me, you know, email email schools and all that. But yeah, he was—he um, really helped improve a lot of my kicking, a lot of a lot of my diving technique. Um, and then once I got to college my freshman year actually that that's when um a lot of my technique really really kind of started to grow yeah i was i was very very similar i didn't get my first experience for of goalkeeper specific training until i was about 15 years old and that was that was a trip for sure the first time do you remember your first training session how just how strange it was relearning how to fall cool i don't actually i don't remember the first training session you know i remember my first couple training sessions in college you know and that that was more eye-opening than anything because you know i was still i think when i got to college you know i was still diving and landing on my stomach um you know and my coaches actually called me superman because of the, the way i would dive like i would turn my body dive and you know and make a save and, and land on my stomach and i'm just like oh, what and then my you know my goalkeeper coach at college uh took a you know, took me under and started started to fix that, but um, that that was pretty eye opening to me because you know when I was in high school, it was all just really me being athletic that kind of helped me be successful. Talk to me about your experience playing high school soccer because everyone experiences it differently. Like, 
I, I started my freshman year on the freshman team, and I didn't make varsity until my junior year. And even, even then, I wasn't supposed to start. Yeah, man, Carter, let, let me tell you about my high school. <laughs> so oh, no. it, it, it's funny. So, um, you know, so I went to a high school called Taylor Alderdice in the city of Pittsburgh. So it was, it's, a, it's a public school. It's an urban, urban school. So at the time, um, you know, I was, so I, was, I was on varsity my freshman and sophomore year as a backup goalkeeper to, to my older brother, like I mentioned earlier. And then my junior and senior year, I was a, I was a starter. But <laughs> so, my, so I had a very interesting experience because at the time, when I was in high school, we, we played in what was called the, the City League at the time. So it was all of Pittsburgh public schools, all the Pittsburgh public high schools um, playing each other. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the, the city schools were, you know, weren't as well funded. And, they, you know, they were in, you know, they just were in a little bit of worse areas than we were located. So and they, and they had kids who had never really played soccer and they were just kind of there for an extra, you know, extracurricular activity, maybe because they had to be or just what have you, they were just there just, just to be there. So, you know, we were playing kids in high school that, that um, never really played soccer before. So my senior year rolls around, there was always one school that was, you know, that was average, but for the most part, you know, we, we won every city league championship. And then, you know, we'd go play the suburban schools in the state playoffs and get absolutely smoked because those kids actually played soccer a lot, <laughs> a lot more than, than we did. You know, we were a bunch of, bunch of like athletes kind of rolling around just, Maybe we had one or two club players on the team at the time, but um, yeah, man, my high school was it was is nuts. So we were in the city league, and my senior year, we were we were actually a really good team, um, but you know we were again we were playing kids who never played soccer before. So we enter into uh, into the playoffs with a goal differential of a hundred to three. Oh my gosh! Um, so, so it was just like you know my high school soccer experience, like and you know we played because like the season's so condensed already we had to play like every every city league school twice and you know we were winning games 12 13 14 nothing um and then we had we only had the chance to play like uh you know the suburban the suburban schools you know once or twice and we didn't really get a chance to play into the good ones so <laughs> um you know, I had a had an interesting experience from that point of view where you know it wasn't wasn't much of a challenge Luckily, you know, they, it's changed now to where my high school was actually, you know, placed in with all the all the other schools. So they're, you know, and the, the talent has risen as well. But yeah, my that, uh, that was my high school experience. So what made you want to stick with soccer? I feel like that's an interesting environment to, to be brought up in. And, and especially, you know, it's I've, I've played, you know, every almost everyone's played those games where they're either on the winning or the losing side of those 14 nothing games. And especially when you're on the winning side, it's not, it's not a whole lot of fun, especially as a goalkeeper. I can yeah. attest all too well. I, I've had games like those where I was literally standing on the center dot for, for most mm -hmm. of the game. Right. What made you want to stick with soccer? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, I just really enjoyed playing the game. Um, you know, it, it was just, I always had fun playing, you know, just always enjoyed it. Um, so it was probably more just like a, a gut feeling, just being like, you know, I want to, you know, I wasn't really ready to, to go to college without, you know, continuing to compete. You know, I think I still wanted that, that competition and, and to compete on, on an everyday basis. And I think, you know, just enjoying, enjoying playing the game and having so much fun, fun with it just continued to, to lead me to, to play. So at, at what age did you start playing club soccer? I think you said senior year, but but how did you find your first club team? I ask because I didn't start playing club soccer until my junior year of high school, and I only learned about how to try out after a high school teammate's mom told me about it. Yeah, no, mine was very similar. Is 
so like again like I said you know my my high school team was pretty much all my friends playing we were all in the starting lineup and you know we only maybe had one or two club players but luckily you know one of my close friends was was on a club team was on a pretty decent club team in the area and he was like you know we we kind of need a goalkeeper. We only have one goalkeeper right now. Our coach is looking for another. Do you want to, do you want to come out and play? And I was like, yeah, okay, well, why not? And so, um, you know, I don't actually think I played in like any legitimate, like sanctioned games or tournaments with the team. I think I just kind of scrimmaged with them, but it was really just, my buddy was like, Hey, come to practice with me. I was like, and I said, okay. So um, that's what kind of led me there. Here, here's a question I've gotten multiple answers for. At what age did you stop playing the other sports and focus solely on soccer and goalkeeping? And do you wish you'd done it sooner? Um, so baseball, I, I think I stopped after freshman year of high school. Um, I just didn't like it. Just it was weird, you know. We we had fall practices, we had winter practices for my high school, and I was you know I was playing basketball in the winter, and then obviously soccer in the fall. So I couldn't really make those practices. So kind of like already put me behind the eight ball and I was like, I, you know, I'm not really even enjoying this. So, you know, I don't have, I have no regrets stopping playing baseball. Um, I played basketball all, all the way through high school, uh, you know, and I still love playing basketball. I actually probably play basketball more now than I do play soccer. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, basketball, I wish I could continue playing in college too. I just, you know, wasn't that good. You know, nobody wants a six foot kid that can't dribble, can't really shoot that well. So, um, you know, I love, but I, I do love playing basketball. Um, just obviously, um, you know, we talked about how much it helped as well. So I, I, I always wish I was better at basketball. I tried out for my middle school, my middle school team all three years and didn't make it all three years. <laughs> I will remember this moment vividly because after the, the basketball tryouts, my, after my eighth grade year, uh, the coach goes, "Hey guys, if you, you know if you didn't make the team, feel free to swing by my office. They were one of the the PE teachers, um, and you know you can ask what you did wrong uh, or what you need to work on, um, and I'll tell you." And so I swing by, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, I, you know, this is my last year. You know, I was just wondering what I didn't do well enough." Uh, and he goes, "Well, you know, your dribbling needed a little bit of work. Uh, your passing was a little shaky, and um, I think you could work on on your shooting a little bit." And I'm like, "So you're just telling me I'm I'm bad at basketball? That's weird." <laughs> That's that's what that was, right? Um, but so that that was when I knew my basketball career had had peaked. Yeah, but, you know, but, I, like I always, you know, I think even in throughout high school, you know, I probably actually liked playing basketball a little bit more than soccer. But I think I kind of knew I was just better at soccer, and there's probably more demand for um, a goal, like an athletic goalkeeper, to go play. So I was like, you know, I think I'm gonna stay. And, and it's not like you know, I hated playing soccer or anything, and. And, you know, I just, and I loved basketball. I was just like, you know, loved basketball, loved soccer. I was like, yeah, but let's, let's stick to the soccer route. It seems like the, the better option. I was the exact same way with baseball. Right. So what, when, when was the moment for you when you knew you wanted to play in college? And, and then how did that, how did you start the recruiting process? Because despite popular belief, it rarely, rarely, rarely starts with coaches reaching out to you first. Right. So, yeah, again, so, you know, it was a, I was kind of late to the process. I think like, you know, probably after probably the winter of senior year of high school is like when I was probably starting to apply to, to colleges, I was like, well, I kind of want to play college and soccer. Um, obviously didn't really like, didn't really know much about anything. And then that's when, you know, I joined the club team and that's when the club coach started helping me and, you know, how to write emails to coaches. And, you know, he was like, put my name on the email. He was, cause he actually worked with the Riverhounds back in like the early two thousands when they were, 
you know, again, when they were a team and before they folded and they were actually, they had a good, good reputation. So um, luckily for, for me, you know, he, that helped me with, with a couple of schools, but yeah, it was, you know, I was late um, and just, you know, like, um, just late to the process. Probably, you know, winter of my senior year and say, Hey, do you, are you looking for a goalkeeper in the fall? Um, you know, l- luckily for us, you know, every, every coach is always looking for, for a goalkeeper, you know, whether it's a start, you know, first, second, third or fourth string, you know, goalkeepers are in high demand. So that I guess I had going for me, not that I really uh, knew or understood that at the time. But, yeah, it wasn't until, you know, probably winter of my senior year when I was like, all right, let's uh, let's try to figure this thing out. As a college coach right now, how important are those college ID camps for high schoolers? And, and how do you differentiate between the ones where you'll seriously be evaluated by coaches who are deep in their own recruiting process and those ones that their sole purpose is to get your money and then just put you through a lame training session? Yeah, you know, it's it's always tough. And, you know, and I think, you know, you never want to kind of go into a situation to where it's like, you know, you know, we use every ID camp as an opportunity to, to scout and recruit. And, you know, we never, you know, we're always looking. Um, it, it is hard to differentiate because then, you know, you know, some schools really do just use camps to, to make some money. But, you know, I think I think for most schools, it's, you know, every ID camp is, is a chance to to find it, you know, kind of like a diamond in the rough, someone who maybe comes from an environment to where they don't know how to email college coaches or, you know, they don't have a club coach that um, that will help them out or high school coach, what have you. So I think, you know, um, you know, every ID camp is an opportunity to to show yourself as a as a person who can who can help the team and then you know obviously there there's all the club events that are probably the more prominent ones you want to get through just because that's where you're, you're more likely to be seen from you know coaches from all divisions and all levels and in all areas moving back to your college career what was your experience like when you walked into your first training session versus how you walked out after your final game, because I can say without hesitation in those four years, I went through the most amount of mental growth that I've ever gone through to date. Yeah, man. You know, it was, I was, I was very lucky to, to go into an environment to where the coaching staff cared about me as a person first and about my development, you know, overall as a, as a human and then as a goalkeeper, you know, so, um, you know, from day one, I just felt like I was I was in an atmosphere to where I was, you know, I was loved and I was wanted and, you know, I was, re- you know, I was put into a position to where I was only going to succeed. And so, you know, in the last training session, um, it was tough because, you know, I did obviously didn't want to leave. You know, we had we had a, had a great time. I was lucky to come in with a nice with a good core of people in my class who obviously are my close friends to this day. And so, you know, it's it's tough to leave an environment to where that. You know, I was so fortunate to be able to grow, uh, like you said, just, you know, just grow up as a person. Um, yeah. What was what was that first training session like? Because I'll never forget. For me, I remember vividly not making a single save. <laughs> you know, actually, <laughs> I actually think I had a decent first training session. Um, you know, l- luckily for me, I was... Uh, you don't need to rub it in. No, yeah. Well, well, me for me, I was, you know, you're you're at a little bit of a higher level. Um, so I, you know, I was put into a position again, like I said, to where it's like, you know, I, I fit right in. Um, so luckily for me, you know, I, I did well on the fitness test. Um, and then when we played, it just, you know, it kind of just felt natural to me. So it was, I was lucky enough to to have a good showing and at least put put some confidence in, in my in the coaching staff to 
to start me my freshman year. So that was, that was, I was pretty fortunate there. Did they expect you to pass that fitness test? I don't know, but it, you know, for me, I, I, like, I, like I always tell the other goal, like every goalkeeper I work with and train, it's like, you're probably, you know, coaches probably don't care if the goalkeepers are passing fitness tests, but it's just like, why would you not want to pass it just for yourself? Like just to see where you are. And plus for me, it was always a nice opportunity to be able to talk a little smack to my team and say, hey, I'm a goalie and I, you know, I smoked you in this fitness test. So, um, you know, I think for me, I just kind of used it as, as, as a, as a way to, to talk and smack to everybody else on the team. I never even realistically came kind of close to passing our fitness test. <laughs> not yeah, like, not, it wasn't a thought. I'm sh- like, if I'm one of the coaches and I'm looking at me running this fitness test, it doesn't even enter my mind that, oh, he might do it. Not even for a half a second. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like in, in reality, does it, you know, it, it doesn't matter, right? It, it doesn't matter if goalkeepers are doing it just because field players are covering seven to 10 miles a game and goalkeepers are covering, you know, maybe two miles if we're lucky. And that two miles is mostly a That's walk. A stretch. So, yes, exactly. So it's like really doesn't matter if we pass these fitness So for me, for me, you know, I was I was actually, you know, I always did decently well in them. And again, it was just like it was more of a me thing. Like I wanted to pass it for myself and um and I always thought too, like, you know, goalkeepers need to be leaders as well. So it's just like, you know, I, I you know, I need to show a few players that, you know, I'm willing to do the the dirty things to for the team that, that need to be done. No, and here's the thing, because any, you know, any high school goalkeepers listening to this, any, any younger college goalkeepers listening to this who haven't really experienced, you know, having to get ready for that fitness test or, you know, it's a new fitness test or it's something even more strenuous that you're used to. Coaches are, you know, the coaches are aware that we're not really, I don't know, quote unquote, supposed to pass the fitness test. But if, they, if you can show them that you're putting in an effort, or you're coming close, you, you, you at least finish. Because believe me, there are a lot of field players that don't finish these fitness tests. Mm-hmm. If you can show them that you gave 110% effort, regardless of how close you come to finishing and not finishing, that's going to make a huge difference in how, you know, they stack you up on the depth chart. If you're not the, you know, you might, you don't always have to be the best player, whether it be a goalkeeper or a field position, but if you can show them that you're putting in that effort and you're, you're trying your hardest, that's going to change their minds a little bit. No, hundred percent. You're hundred percent right there. So in, in which kind of leads me into my next question, which is what are some of the things that you, or some of the biggest things that you struggled with, as a college goalkeeper, whether it be mentally or physically or, you know, or both, because I think one thing that gets lost on a lot of college players and especially on kids in high school is hoping, you know, hoping, who are hoping to play at the next level is not acknowledging the fact that you're going to go through different and multiple mental struggles. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, I mean, I think the the biggest thing for me was probably just like consistency. Um, and again, you know, that's, that's a big thing I'd always tell younger goalkeepers what what college coaches are looking for is like consistency in your actions and um for me you know i would have days where i was great and then you know i'd turn around and i'd be too high off the game and you know come out and you know have a couple really bad games and so it's just like so for me it was i think it was tough that was probably where i struggled the most it's just you know you know don't get me wrong i had my fair share of like you know consecutive games where i was great but you know i had a lot of games where you know, I was good one day and bad the next day and good again and bad. And it was a lot of ups and downs. So um, for me, it was just probably like just staying, staying consistent in, in actions. And again, just, you know, re- not realizing that every day is a new day. And so, um, you know, looking, looking back to even my senior year, probably got a little bit overconfident in my abilities. And that was another, another big mistake. And I think that led to a couple, couple bad goals I let up and, 
probably cost our team a game or two. So, um, you know, just staying consistent with your actions and, you know, staying humble and, you know, just go and taking it day by day. Cause I mean, as, as we know, you know, goalkeepers, you know, they're, they're a savior one day and then everyone hates them the next. So. What did, what did those mental struggles teach you about the position itself? Man, a lot, a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, I think the, the big one was just, like I said, it's just, you, you can't get too high on your good days and you can't get too low on your bad days. And, um, I'm realizing that now, obviously later, later as a coach, it's just like, you know, you're, you're going to have great days, you know, you're going to have those days where you're invincible and you're making every save and you, you know, you have eight, nine saves and your, and your team wins one, nothing. Um, and so it's just like, you know, how can you, how are you able to recreate that performance? And, you know, chances are you, you're probably not going to be able to recreate that next day. Right. It's just so hard to do. And, you know, if you're able to do it, then that's great. And, you know, how are you able to to kind of retrain your body to be able to do that? And I think that's kind of what the what the challenges taught me is just, you know, figuring out ways to to continuously, cre- uh, you know, create and recreate, you know, those, those great performances. That's a really interesting perspective, because I think a lot of things that gets a lot of things that get yelled at at goalkeepers and drilled into our brains is, you know, you have, you have to have a short memory. Mm-hmm. And, but the first thing that comes to your mind is for a short memory is you're, you're implying that you had a bad game or you, you missed a save that you should have made. And you need to have a short memory on those good games as well. Exactly. Because you can't, like exactly like you said, the second you get overconfident, the second you think it's going to be a breeze, you're going to, ha- you know, you're going to make a bunch of spectacular saves or stuff somebody at the line or whatever it's going to be, you have to forget it regardless yep. of how good it feels. 100%. 100%. And it's so hard too because it's like, you know, as a goalkeeper being such like a mental needing all the mental focus that you can get, it's like, you want to think back to, to your good memories too, right. Just to feel a little bit confident. And it's just like, ah, but it's just like, you can't, you just have to, you know, you have to find that sweet spot into where, to where it's like, you're thinking back to all the, the good performances, but not to where you're getting, you know, like, like we said, just too overconfident with, with some of your better performances in the past. So leaving college, you set the record for saves, goals against average save percentage shutouts and wins which i think is just about every stat you can <laughs> and you were a three-time all-conference selection but were you thinking that you wanted to play professionally or did you know already that you wanted to get into coaching yeah um i think first off thanks for for recognizing that you know i appreciate it but um but um yeah i kind of wanted to play pro kind of wanted to get into coaching right because you know i did a little bit of actually basketball coaching in high school um you know, my sophomore, junior year of high school I was coaching basketball, loved it, um, just felt like I could be a really good coach. And so I knew I wanted to, to get into coaching a little bit. Um, also, in I had my, you know, my, my assistant coach and a couple of people around me tell me, it's like, you know, you, you're probably good enough to, to go pro if you wanted to. And so I was like, you know, I think I'd be a little bit upset with myself if I didn't try going pro. Um, so I went to a couple of combines, did well there, had, you know, some interest, very little interest. Uh, tried out for a couple USL teams, didn't go so well. And, you know, it, it was like, it was one of those where it's just like, all right, well, you can either go for it all right now if you really, really want to play professionally, or you can just, you know, or you can, it's, or it's one of those, you know, it, you know, for me, it was like, you're either all in or you're not. And, you know, I was just like, you know, I love the game. I think it would be cool to play professionally, but, you know, I'm just, you know, I just kind of don't really think it's for me. And from there, it's like, that's when I got into coaching. You know, I kind of just said, you know, 
you know, why do I want to go play, play pro? Um, is this something that you really want to do? And, I was, you know, I was like, you know, I had a great career and, you know, coaching is available right now. So I was like, you know, I'll just get to coaching. And uh, if I want to go back to being pro, I'll go all, go all in. And I just didn't, you know, never really felt the drive, to, I guess, at that, at that level. So you've, you've worked with schools as a coach like Northeastern and your alma mater, uh, Centenary, and you just finished working with uh, the Des Moines Menace in the USL2 where you guys just won the national championship this past summer. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about coaching the position through your experiences thus far? What are some of the philosophies you've tried to implement into your coaching style over the years? Yeah, I mean, my big thing is just trying to understand, you know, who I'm person um i think you know as, as goalkeepers we're all kind of similar in a sense and and you know to you know 80 percent of us are similar and you know the way we like to do do things but there's always going to be um you know just the 20 percent of you as a person and you know you might actually like to do something a little bit differently but when we train when we train for games so um you know luckily for me my first job like like you mentioned at my alma mater centenary you know i knew the goalkeepers i was working with so you know it was kind of it was kind of not easy, but it was a smoother transition because, uh, you know, the goalkeeper there was, was somebody who actually, I think he was my backup my senior year. So it was like, you know, we were just doing the same things I was doing. So it was a smoother transition for me to, to understand him and, you know, just try to kind of mentally prepare him for what he was going to see. But, um, yeah, you know, I think the big thing is just understanding who the person is as a goal, like, you know, before the goalkeeper. And, you know, once you can do that, I think you can, you know, get them to, to buy into a little bit more of your philosophies and what you want to do and, you know, how you want to train. Um, but yeah, you know, working with the menace was a little bit different because you have goalkeepers coming from different schools, different coaches, different, ba- like completely different backgrounds. So, you know, for me there, for example, it was just really just trying to figure out what each of them individually liked and just, was there a way I could put everything together um, just to make it, just to make it all flow? And, you know, luckily we had a, again, a great head coach and assistant coach as well that, that helped me through that process um, to, to make everything work out. And I think one thing that gets, it, or it doesn't get harped on enough is that goalkeeper, you know, like you said, goal, most of us are the same. We have a similar mentality. We all want to, you know, we all have the same goals in terms of, you know, we want to keep clean sheets, make saves, mm. communicate well, et cetera but not all of us respond to the same kind of coaching style. Like not everyone is going to respond well to getting screamed at. Not everyone is going to respond well to, you know, stopping the drill, uh, stopping something in the middle of the drill, just to to focus on one particular movement so they can coach you right then and there. Um, And, you know, we've all come across those coaches where it's universal. They do the same thing for everyone they come across, which can be great. I think if you're just teaching them the fundamentals and starting them from, you know, the basics. But the second you get to that higher level is when I think you need to realize, and which I think you mentioned that, you know, you need to figure out where they're coming from um, and figure out what they respond to best because that's what's going to help them grow the most. Right. And, you know, for me too, it's like, I think you have to, you know, you, sh- you should, I think every coach in, at least from what I'm realizing is like, you know, you're going to have your own philosophy as a coach, but at the same time, you know, I think you have to be very open to, to changing it on the fly. You know, it's like when I got in, with the menace and even here I pit, you know, I was like, I, like, I couldn't care less. Like if you guys like what you guys want to do, like, if this is what works for you, it was like, great. I'll adjust. Like, I, I like, I will adjust. Like, I'm not going to, like, I don't really want to come in here 
enforce my way down your throats if it's not going to work for you. It's like, you know, of course I'll have, I'll have my own ways and, you know, I'll, I'll figure out ways to kind of sprinkle what I want to do in, but I'm just like, okay, well, if this is, if this is what you want to do and, you know, fine, like, great, let's do it. Like, if, 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 you know, if this is going to get you 10 clean sheets in a row, let, let's go, let's, let's do it. I'm all for it. You, so you currently have four goalkeepers in the roster at Pittsburgh. I know as a former player, you can attest to this, but it can be extremely disheartening and difficult to get motivated to train when you yourself are not the starter or even the immediate backup. How important is it to be the second, third, you know, fourth string goalkeeper and put everything you have into that training session? And how do you as a coach get them motivated to push each other? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I think it's just one of those where, you know, you got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And it's just like, if, again, if also, if, if you're here, it's like, don't you want to get better? Like if you're, if you're, you know, I think that takes a lot of internal motivation as well. Um, you know, you have to find it inside you if you're the third or fourth string to be like, okay, well, listen, I, if, if I want to play, I need to get better. And if I, you know, to get better, that means I need to work harder than the first and second string in training. You know, I need to do a little bit extra on the side. And so I think a lot, a lot of it's going to be internal. And, you know, for me, it's like, I, you know, I just try to make myself available and open to them and say, Hey, like anytime you want to put in, you know, you want to get an extra session and by all means, like, like, let's do it. Let's do it. Cause I want to get them better, obviously. Um, but you know, if, if, if they want to get better, you know, I think it, it's going to take a lot from them um, just to, you know, keep a level head. And, and again, it's just like, you, you never know what could happen. Like you, we have four goalkeepers, but it's just like, well, yeah, one, one could get injured in a game. They could be out for the season. And then, you know, next day in training, some, crazy thing happens to where the next goalkeeper's out you know in two days you could be starting as a third string and now granted that rarely happens but i, I i'm not going to over here yeah, maybe i was knocking on what as i said that but it's just like you know you, you just have to be you have to stay ready like it, it's your job that you know that's your job like whether you're second third or fourth string any moment you could be called upon to to come in and so if you're not ready then you know you as we, as we know, is like goalkeepers don't get too many opportunities to, to make a good first impression. So it's like you just always have to stay mentally focused and, and prepared. And, and it's a kind of like, you know, it's the same thing as a field player, too. It's like, you know, a field player might get called upon for five minutes. And it's just like you got you got to stay ready to, to, you know, make an impact. I think one of the most frustrating things for me when I was a freshman, especially, especially when I was a freshman, was I didn't, you know, I didn't fully understand why I was brought in. And what I, I was, you know, incredibly, I was incredibly naive because I would have, you know, a great day in training, probably better than the starter. And then I wouldn't, I was wondering why I wasn't being put in the next game because I thought, you know, I had won the training session and, you know, in, in high school, that's, you know, that can sometimes be how it is. But when you have a starter in college, a certain, you know, a certified starter, somebody who's been working, somebody who's been starting for a year or two, right? that's not, that's not going to get you the, the starting job. So what do you tell those, those goalkeepers, those younger goalkeepers, maybe the freshman or the sophomore that don't quite get it yet? What do you tell them and how do you keep them motivated? Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's, it's the same thing. It's just continue to put in the work and be ready because again, you just, you just never know when your time's going to come and it, it's tough to hear and it's tough to say, and it's going to be tough to continue to do, but um, you know, it's, it's like, th th this is also kind of, you know, what you sign up for, right. You, you have to sign up to, to understand it's like, well, it, I may not be the, the person who's starting every game. And if that's not the case, then I need to be ready because 
when my opportunity comes, if the number one starts, you know, having a stretch of bad games, then okay, it's going to be my, like, I want them to, to pick me next. And, you know, I, it, it's tough and it's, it's got to be mentally draining. And, you know, I can, you know, I feel for the, those goalkeepers that, that aren't always playing because, you know, I, it, it's tough to go, you know, show up to work every day and, in and put forth your best effort. But I think, again, it's just something that, that you just have to do. And that's part of the job. Jesse, I really want to thank you for your time today. And, and of course, I absolutely wish you the best of luck uh, the rest of the way this season. Carter, I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Guys, this has been yet another episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. Thank you very much again to Jesse Goldman for coming on. I have been your host, Carter Hockman. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Just for Keeps, 